Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What is the number one thing that Satan wants us to do? Not pray. Because prayer is the deciding factor in spiritual warfare. Satan wants to destroy your home. And if he can get you with a house full of chaos, you're on your way. So let me just challenge you today. If there's chaos in your home, there should be peace. Get together with your spouse. Figure out what's wrong. Whatever needs to be done. Just ask forgiveness. Do whatever. Get that place there so your prayers can be answered once again. There's so much chaos in families these days. Much of this is because we've taken the world's advice about how to structure our familial relationships. Because the world's structure is different than God's intent, they're destined to fail or fall short of what we hope for. Pastor Mark, teaching from 1 Peter, instructs us of God's original design for marriage and family. It's important for us to begin to learn to trust God and to trust His plan. As we make the effort to reorder our marital relationships and families, we'll begin to see God bless our lives more than ever before. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 3 with part 3 of his message, Influence and Submission Begins at Home. Look on down to verse 22. Wives, here we go again, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Because that's what God wants. She's to submit to her husband's, listen guys, loving leadership. Wives and husbands have different roles. But they're equal. Every person is equal to every other person because they're all created in the image of God. Now, remember, you're a team living together as one purpose. Look at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Look at verse 28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Now that word love is agape. It's a God love. It means self-sacrificing love. It means a commitment. Love is a verb. Here is what love does. Look at In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own body. When you watched... A while ago, the disaster in Las Vegas. Many of you saw individual profiles of people. And during that time, there were numbers of these situations that happened. 
A husband and wife, true story, were there. And they hear the shooting. And the husband says to his wife, people are dying. Lay down. True story. And the husband gets on top of his wife. He is killed to save his wife. True story. She gets up. Husband's dead. She's alive. That is love in action. Husband, how's your love for your spouse? Would you do that? Who else did that? Jesus. He laid down on the body of the world and took it for us. That's the role model of love. Well, I'm the head of the home. That doesn't cut it. Wrong attitude. Love is a verb. Not just a word. I love you, honey. Show it. Show it, husband. That's you. You're to love your wife. That's a huge thing for me. Let me read you a little bit of it. Love is patient. It's kind. It's action. It's not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. It doesn't demand its own way. I'm the boss. No, you're not. You're a servant to your loving wife. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of wrongs. Husband, you're hardwired from God to be the leader of the home. But that means you're the provider, the protector, and the spiritual leader of the home. Has nothing to do with power. It has to do with love in action. It's not just words. Now look at verse 33. However, each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife, watch ladies, must respect her husband. Here's the two things I want you to write today. If you're married or if you're dating. Husbands, do submit, love, and lead your wives. That's your role, to be that leader. Wives, do submit. Love and respect your husbands. That is what Paul teaches us. That's how to have a successful marriage. Now go back to First Peter where you had your finger to verse 7. Husbands in the same way be considered as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as of the weaker partner. That's talking just physically. In general, not everywhere. A wife is weaker physically than most men, most husbands. Not true everywhere, but that is. So I'm to respect them. And understand, notice, I'm to honor them. That word means, when you see the considerate, means to honor. It means to understand and respect your wives. Now, we've been married 51 years. Do I understand my wife? Why did you ask that question? (laughs) Of course not. She's totally different than me. I will never understand my wife. But I can still respect her. So what do I do with that? Uh, Women are just made different. That's just the way it is. Not worse, just different. I will understand her when I get to heaven. (laughs) Here's what I want you to write. Husbands, we're to be sensitive 
to the wife's spiritual, emotional, and physical needs. That's how I begin to understand her. Her needs will be different. Her emotional needs will be different. She has different hormones. It acts totally different. Her spiritual needs, she wants to be protected. She wants a husband that will have a home for her. She wants to feel like there is somebody in charge that is not a boss, but is a servant leader. She wants to feel as a team doing life together. But notice, if there's chaos in the home, either the wife isn't submitting or the husband isn't leading right, notice what's hindered in that verse, our prayer life. What is the number one thing that Satan wants us to do? Not pray. Because prayer is the deciding factor in spiritual warfare. Satan wants to destroy your home. And if he can get you with a house full of chaos, you're on your way. So let me just challenge you today. If there's chaos in your home, there should be peace. Get together with your spouse. Figure out what's wrong. Whatever needs to be done, just ask forgiveness. Do whatever. Get that place there so your prayers can be answered once again. That oneness comes from God when we submit ourselves. I want to go very quickly to another section. The Bible is very clear that an unbeliever and a believer should not get married. A a true Christian should never marry an unbeliever. Look at this verse. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? There isn't anything in common. Or what can fellowship, uh, what, what fellowship can light have with darkness? Notice God says in that verse, look at that verse. There's only two kinds of people in the world. People that believe in Christ and have a relationship. People that don't believe and don't have a relationship. And so the Bible simply says this. If you're going to get married, you must marry only a believer. Now, why is that? Because when you get married, God joins you together. You become one. And there's a verse that says this. You'll see it later. Maybe I won't even use it. Can two walk together unless they agree? No. See, we started with a believing wife. And an unbelieving husband. Now that happened because they were both pagans from the beginning. That happened to some of you here, as I said already. You were both unbelievers, and now one of you is and one of you isn't. Well, First Corinthians says if the, if the unbeliever is willing to stay with the believer, stay in your marriage. Same principle as we heard. Win the unbeliever over. But see, if I'm, if I'm marrying an unbeliever and I'm a believer... We're not on the same path. Our DNA is not the same. The unbeliever's focus is on this world, on what pleases him. My focus is on God. Now, remember, marriage is a threesome. God, a believing husband, and a believing wife. An unbeliever, you will never, ever, ever manage it the way God wants. You can't because your whole purpose in your DNA is not right. Now, Let me go back to one more statement. If you're dating an unbeliever, to me, that's a dangerous thing. And a lot of people say this, well, Pastor Mark, I know I can win him or her to the Lord. That is not your job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. 
And I can't tell you how many people have come into my office who, when I told them that, you shouldn't be marrying this person because they're not a believer. Oh, Pastor Mark, I love him. I love her. She's beautiful. He's great. He's got a great job. It's going to work. If I could have taped all those stories, of course I can't. I would show you story, real life after real life after real life, where they come in, one, two, three, five years. Pastor Mark, I wish I'd have listened to you. Well, it wasn't me. It's God's word. Don't be unequally yoked. You can't do it. So if you're dating an unbeliever, you need to ask God for help. Now, you say, well, I'm Pastor Mark, I'm dating a believer. A real believer? There's lots of people that claim they're a real believer. Well, Pastor Mark, they come to Calvary Chapel. So? Do you believe everybody in here is a real believer? At our campus? Of course not. So you have to be very careful. And how do you do that? With time. You watch. See, the most important thing, as far as I'm concerned, after your salvation, is who you marry. Nothing else is more important. Because you're doing life together with God. And you don't want to make a mistake. So be careful. Ask somebody else for wisdom and judgment. I'm not trying to destroy uh, relationships. I'm trying to make them godly. Because as a pastor, we weep when we watch that happen. Because they refuse to listen to the word of God. Listen to your old pastor. Who's been counseling for more than 50 years. When you do it God's way, it works. When you don't, it'll be a disaster. There's some good things about getting old. I've done a lot of the wrong things. And I can tell you how to do it right. Even if I have to paint my barn. All right, here we go. The last thing I want to talk about and do it very quickly. If you're married. Or grandparents. The number one place of influence. Is not at work. It's not the government. It's in the home. Your children. Are watching you. Now recently in China. I'll have the headline for you. In China. The leader in China now. Is very much in making sure that the nation of China. Remains an atheistic nation. No no, no religion. And to worship the government. Now with that. They now realize at this age. The the new government. That the generation from like 16 to 40. They've lost the people. Doesn't mean they're all Christians by any means. By the way there's 100 million Christians in China. Way more than the United States. But they realize they've lost these people. Because these 20 year olds. Are brilliant. They're designing things. They're millionaires. They got cars everywhere. They got all the stuff. And they lost that whole generation. So what have they decided to do? Here's the headline. To inspire young communists, China turns to the Red Army schools. So now their focus is on children in the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grades. And they're indoctrinating them. No gods, only China you worship. The government you worship. And let me read you from a classroom. This is what happened. With the fiery zeal of a preacher, the teacher addressed her class of 54th grade students, all in matching red tracksuits. They're all robots now. 
Today's life is rich and it's blessed and it's happy and it's joyous, she said, the teacher. Where does our happy life come from? Who gave it to us? And there was only one correct answer. And she had been pumping this answer into them for months. And a nine-year-old boy got up and said, it comes from the blood of the revolutionary martyrs. Our happiness comes from the Red Army. The Chinese leadership is doing right now in that country and 283,000 primary and secondary schools. They're brainwashing them. None of this atheists, no God, worship the government. You say, well, Pastor Mark, we don't live in China. But the world is doing the same thing in our countries. If you and I as Christian parents, grandparents, don't step it up, the world will squeeze our young children into a godless, pagan society. It's already happening. We lost the last generation. And I want to challenge you. Many of you are fantastic. You're doing great with the kids. Don't give it up. Dads, they're watching how you Treat your wife. Wives, they're watching if you respect your husband. Their little ears and eyes are open. Now, some of the parents in China are now rebelling because they won't rebel much because they'll be killed. Here's what they're saying. They've changed the textbooks throughout this 283,000 schools. They've changed it. And they've eliminated many of the scientific things that the kids are studying. It's all government. It's all atheists. And their parents are saying, well, how's my kid going to do anything when he grows up? He's going to be a stupid kid. But they have nothing they can do to change it. We do. You, parents, grandparents, myself included, you're a person of influence. And God put those children in your home to influence them. To Jesus Christ. Now, I can't change them, but I can sure have a positive influence. There are no perfect parents. Linda and I wish we'd done some things different. Too late. But the kids knew we weren't perfect. My parents weren't perfect. But your children will make a choice. Now, if I'm a great role model, does that guarantee my kids will serve God? No. Because your kids choose just like everybody else. But I can do my best. Amen? I can do my best. To influence our kids. That's, we have a great Sunday school. Amazing. But that should be the secondary. The primary is always in the home. That's where it starts. And I just want to challenge you. Be that influence. You already are. Make sure that's happening in your home. The more you look like God. Without being weird. The more the kids go. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Now. I want to read this very quickly. Then we're going to pray. Look at what God said in the Old Testament. Here it is. Deuteronomy. Hear the Lord, the Lord thy God. He's one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Look at verse 7. Impress them. Impress them on your children. Well, how do I do that? Here it is. Look at the next. Talk about them when you sit at home. Biblical principles. When you walk along the road. When you lie down. When you get up. Now, let me just say that. 
What does that mean? Talk about them when you're at home, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, when you get up. It just means that your lifestyle, it doesn't mean that every time you're talking to a kid, oh, get your Bible out. Did you get your memory verse? Let's get it. Let's get it. Come on, another memory verse. No, it's not talking about that at all. It means as you're doing life, how you're treating your spouse, what you're saying about the boss at work, how you're doing your income tax, the kids are watching and they're looking. Wow, that's how to be married. That's how to love somebody. By the way, if you're a single parent, don't despair. God is your spouse. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. He's done it. You remember when Moses was captured in his little basket? God used Moses' mother for a few months, maybe a year or two, to raise him in a godly fashion at a baby age. And then the next 39 years, he lived in a pagan society with Pharaoh. But when he chose at 40, he stood up and he says, I choose God. Single parents, hang on. It's all right. You're going to be fine. That was the only influence he had in his life. A little time. And then 39 years later, I choose God. Don't be discouraged this morning. Amen. 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 Just be real in your home. Be real. I want to show you one more verse. When you see this next verse, you can see something very simple. My child, listen to your father. Listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor and around your neck. Who raises the kids in our homes? If you have a regular marriage with husband and wife, who raises the kids? Both. Who disciplines the kids? Both. We're together. Those of you who are single parents, relax. God's with you. He's the greatest spouse you'll ever find, to be honest with me. So we can relax. I want to show you one more statement, and then we're going to pray. If you understand, there's a problem in some homes today, right now, this morning. Here's the problem. You're a dad. You're a mom. And here's the statement. I cannot teach them about God if I don't have a personal relationship with God myself. See, you, if you're not a Christian, you can't be a role model to your kids about God. Well, I believe in God, Pastor Mark. That's not what we're talking about. You have to have a personal relationship with him. You know, when I went to pharmacy school five years and a year of crazy internship and all that stuff, I could tell my kids about medicine because I studied it. I knew it. I still know it today. But If a person doesn't have any training in pharmacy, they can't tell their kids about medicine. They can tell them about whatever they study. You, if you're not a Christian, if you're not born again, if you don't have a relationship with God, there's no way for you to influence them to be a Christian because you're not. So what is the solution? Here it is. Become a follower of Jesus and then teach them about the importance of obeying God. Pastor Mark, it's too late. It is never too late to do the right thing. It is never too late to do the right thing. You can change today. You can do the right thing. You can be an influence if you'll simply turn your life over to God. Today, Pastor Mark reminded us of the biblical view of marriage. We heard again the scripture's injunction against a believer becoming romantically involved with an unbeliever. And we're given many reasons for obeying God in this matter. We just need to decide that we trust God and that His ideas are far superior to the so-called experts around us. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This wraps up the sermon, Influence and Submission Begins at Home. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue sharing from 1 Peter 3 with a new teaching, How to Do Life Regardless of Circumstances. We will hear about our role in this world as ambassadors for Christ and how enduring trials while living out our trust in God points those around us to Jesus. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Palmer, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.